Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Today we're counting money, counting rings, chasing titles, and chatting with my main man, Pat McAfee. All that and more, no time to waste. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. All these name brand players who have been in the public eye for years and years and years. What Rob Palenka did yesterday, all he did was set the temperature, seal the deal and go and get Carmelo Anthony. It was an interesting day yesterday to be an aging legend, to be a future Hall of Famer. Carmelo Anthony and Philip Rivers, both in the news. We'll make it Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Melo teams up with his old buddy LeBron, pun intended, old buddy, to try to finally find a ring at the end of his career. And this is not a sentimental signing. Melo's game actually makes him sense for what the Lakers need. He's a situational spot-up shooter. He'll stretch the floor a little bit. The Lakers need those kind of guys. They've actually done a pretty good job putting a roster together considering the financial challenges that come with having LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook on their team. Not sure how much defense they're going to be able to play, which will put a lot of pressure on AD and on LeBron, as well as their coach, Frank Vogel. But we'll see what they're able to do. The very simple point is they are old. Elias tells us they will be the oldest team in NBA history. The average age of the player on that team is almost 33 years old, leading my friend Tony Kornheiser to say. They're not just old. They're the senior tour of the (laughs) NBA right now. They're going to petition to get their games to start at 5 in case they want to go to sleep at 7.30 in the evening. (laughs) Straight talk, wireless. No contract, no compromise. I I do like it. I don't know why we have music still playing, but I do like uh, that, the the, the idea uh, of that there. I I tried to make a similar joke yesterday with Stevie. I said that uh, they're the only team that will eat dinner before their games as opposed to after their games. Most of the time when a game ends, the NBA players are just sort of getting started. Mm. But they'll actually be eating dinner. They'll go to the early bird special. They'll have time to digest. And then they'll head over to the arena and they'll just beat somebody senseless because they have a chance to be that level of good. But it does bring up the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Are the Lakers going to win the championship this year? LeBron, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. I mean, they would be... They are unquestionably the favorites to win the NBA championship in 2011. They're the overwhelming majority uh, favorite to win the title 10 years ago. The question is, in 2021, with an average age, again, of 32.8 years old, can they win? Will they win the championship this year? That's the question. Nuno, what's the answer? Uh. I'm actually a little distracted right now because our buddy Woj just uh, tweeted that four-time All-Star Kemba Walker has agreed to a contract buyout with the Thunder and upon clearing waivers, plans to sign with the Knicks. Mm. So, uh, um, (laughs) Nuno, distracted today by the news about his beloved Knicks. It's to the show taking four minutes in, a turn that we had not expected. Kemba Walker... Coming to the Knicks as the starting point guard, which will enable Derrick Rose to continue playing in that sixth-man role to which he was so well-suited last year. Kemba Walker, who had a very disappointing stint in Boston, in my view. I expected that to go a whole lot better. I've always liked Kemba. He is a kid from New York, 
So this will be a homecoming for him, and he will be excited. Nuno, how excited are you? I like it because I, I think, you know, they're obviously not giving up any assets. Uh, it's I want to see what the contract is, but I don't think it's going to be a big number. And if Kemba's healthy, I think he'll be motivated. And he's had some of his greatest moments, you know, in the garden when he played for UConn. I'm trying to find, yeah, that was where he made the legendary shot to win the Big East tournament that year. I'm, I'm looking for the tweets here. Here it is. Four-time All-Star Kemba Walker has agreed to a contract buyout with Oklahoma City upon clearing waivers. Plans to sign with the New York Knicks. OKC Sam Presti and Walker's agents worked through the buyout on the two years and $74 million left on his contract. Walker gets a dream homecoming to Madison Square Garden to further solidify New York's backcourt. OKC traded for Walker and the 16th pick. In the July draft, already flipped that for two future firsts and a draft night deal. Remaining value of the trade for OKC allows them to distribute minutes, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's Woj with the tweet there and the breaking news. These NBA deals keep coming fast and furious. What an interesting week it has been in so many ways. And the Knicks had been somewhat under the radar. They've basically brought in, in addition to signing their own guys, they brought in Evan Fournier and now Kemba Walker. Not the kind of splashy moves we're seeing in other places. Not the splash that we've seen in Chicago where they bring in Lonzo Ball. And yesterday they bring in DeMar DeRozan. Certainly not the splash that they make in L.A. by bringing in Russell Westbrook. But sometimes the splash doesn't win. You know, I have this joke that I've been making on TV for the last few weeks. That the Dallas Cowboys, of course, they, they look really good. Everyone is projecting them to be really good because they're always good in July. It's the other months they seem to have a problem with. The the months that end with the letters B-E-R tend to be where the Cowboys struggle. And along those lines, the teams that win the offseason in the NBA don't always win the real season. Now, that has exceptions. Teams that get guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, championships follow them. Championships have never followed Carmelo Anthony anywhere. It's just a statement of fact. So we'll see which of these moves wind up being the most impactful. We'll have plenty of time to dive into them at some length. But so anyway, that's the news that we just got there. Kemba Walker to the Knicks. We'll talk about it more and all the other moves. And can the Lakers win a championship? And then it actually brings us to another relatively interesting quote. I kind of like this one. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Reggie Miller on Twitter yesterday responded to a tweet. Someone was suggesting that it's lame that players continue chasing rings. And Reggie tweeted, perhaps, but you and many others are the same people who kill guys for being loyal and ringless. Can't have it both ways. Go get that jewelry. That's what Reggie tweeted. Now, this applies not just to Melo, of course, but to all the ring chasers in every sport, of which there have been tons do we have an issue with ring chasers in sports? Hembo. I don't like it. I have no issue with the players doing it, because if I were in their shoes, I may very well do the same thing. But to me, there's something, there was something weird about seeing Carl Malone wear purple and gold in his last season as something of a mercenary. The same with Gary Payton. And, and I guess in the Lakers sense, what they're doing now kind of feels like that to me. I suppose every case is different, but generally speaking, I'm not a fan of ring chasing. Okay, Nuno, ring chasing, thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> I'm normally thumbs down on it, but I want Melo to get one. Like, he has put in so much work. I think there's been a lot of unfair criticism when it's come to him that I feel like he deserves one. 
That's interesting. You feel the criticism of Carmelo Anthony in his career has been unfair. Why is that? I just think he's such an easy target, right? Because he, he doesn't play defense, which eventually that's going to become an issue or possibly an issue with the Lakers. But I just think, you know, I saw what he did with the Nuggets and early on in his career, and I saw what he did with the Knicks and energizing them and giving them that opportunity. He had – he played a certain way. He's a scorer and that – and you know, in a mid-range shooter, like, and it's unfair, I think, sometimes to be like, oh, he's a ball hog, he's, uh, you know, and he's, he dominates, he dominates the offensive possessions, you can't, you can't win that way. I just think sometimes the teams weren't built the right way around him. But isn't all of it true? I mean, yes, you're correct. But what you're saying is that people have criticized him for not playing any defense, for being a ball hog, for dominating possessions. and, And at this stage, for taking contested twos, which everyone has pretty much agreed are the worst shots in the game, and all of those things are critical, but they are all also, to at least some degree, true. So we'll see. One way or another, I want to get to a few other things, but we will set aside more time for all these moves as we go. I am Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Meanwhile... The scoop. I mentioned that Carmelo is not the only aging star who is at least talking about making one more shot. Philip Rivers, who retired in January, ending a 17-year NFL career, told the LA Times he's staying in shape. Quote, I'm going to stay ready. I'm going to make sure I'm very clear. I'm not predicting I will play in December or January for that matter. One, you've got to have somebody who wants you. And two, it's got to be right. But I have not completely ruled that out. Now, the question that you have at a moment in time in which the Indianapolis Colts have been decimated by injury, does that make all the sense in the world? Bring in Phillip Rivers. Bring him back just for whatever time it is that Carson's gone. I don't know if that's something that's interesting to him. Phillip Rivers, if he comes back, might want to finish a season, not start one. But one way or another, mightn't that be a move that makes some sense in Indy considering he was there last year? He hasn't even really missed anything. There's been nothing that has generally happened since he's been there. So the question is, does this make sense for the Colts? Is Wentz too injury prone to count on? Is he even good enough to be worth the risk? And that I mean Carson Wentz when he is healthy. Those are the questions. And I'm going to ask them to Pat McAfee when he joins us coming up in just a little bit. McAfee, who I, for my money, is as good a young talent as there is in our entire industry and a good friend. Um, and still bleeds the horseshoe, if that's not really what you do with a horseshoe, but you know what I mean. Um, He will have thoughts on all of that, and he will also, we will get to an interesting trivia question that surrounds that, because you may not have heard. You might not make a lot of an injury to an offensive guard, but not all offensive guards are created equal. The offensive guard, Quentin Nelson, who they lose yesterday with the same injury, stunningly, that Carson Wentz has, and with the same time frame for return, between 5 and 12 weeks. By the way, who's saying that? Where'd we come up with 5 to 12 weeks? Like, if I went to a doctor and he said, you're probably going to start feeling better in 5, maybe 12 weeks, I would say, well, which is it? I'm not paying you to tell me that there's a 7-week delta in this. I understand this is a complicated thing. But one way or another, Quentin Nelson, like Carson Wentz, is out 5 to 12 weeks. Quentin Nelson is one of five players at any position to be named a first-team All-Pro in each of his first three seasons in the National Football League. 
Can you name any of the other four? Any of the other four players who were named first-team All-Pro each of their first three NFL seasons? It's a great question. We'll have the answer in Pat McAfee and much more next. It's a busy day, and we're just getting started. My name's Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. The one, the only Pat McAfee will join me live in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline. We'll do that after this word from DoorDash with Summer of Dash Pass. Right now, Dash Pass members are taking $10 off groceries, alcohol, pet food, and more. Need a nightcap? $10 off. Got a cough? Get relief delivered for less. Want to surprise your crush? Send a gift and save. Try Dash Pass for free and get special savings, exclusive menu items, and $0 delivery fees year-round. Get more from your neighborhood now with Dash Pass in the DoorDash app and stay cool out there. Terms and conditions apply. Now, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Of all the young broadcasters, the young people I've been around in this business in the last few years, there is none that I think is better than this one. My buddy Pat McAfee, host of the Pat McAfee Show, and pretty much everything else that I see on social media is live with us here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Pat McAfee. Greeny, incredible compliment from you, especially a man who's been in a couple Hall of Fames and probably going to end up in more. That means a lot. I'm much different than everybody else that does this broadcasting thing, mostly because I'm an idiot. But you have given me so many opportunities and chances. I'm forever grateful. I appreciate you, boss, for having me on here. Well, it's it's always a pleasure. And it is your team, your beloved Indianapolis Colts, that are at the center of all of this. So, So let me, this is the real reason I wanted to, well, there's a million things I want to talk to you about, but let's start with that. The Carson Wentz thing, how would you describe the situation they're in now, losing Wentz for whatever five to 12 weeks, plus losing the offensive guard, Quentin Nelson, who people may not realize it, but might be as good as literally any player in the NFL? Yeah, Greeny, you know, it's not a great time right now to be an Indianapolis Colts fan. There's a lot that seems to be falling apart at the seams day one, day two here. Darius Leonard also had an ankle injury he's another one of our superstars who's about to get absolutely broken off in a payday after fred warner's deal in san francisco because all of his stats are better than fred's and they're both about the same age at this point so darius leonard was down going into camp then all of a sudden carson wentz has this high school foot injury 
poke its little stupid bone head into the fray after throwing a 70-yard bomb in the middle of training camp and looking like he's all the way back. He has to have surgery. Then the next day, a developmental anomaly is how Frank Reich described it to me about Quentin Nelson. His foot had an extra bone growing in it his entire life. Something happened. It chipped off. It won a fray. So they have to surgically remove that as well. All hell is breaking loose, but Frank Reich, said to me yesterday on the show, on my show, he said, you know, everything's going to be cool. He said, normally the five to 12 week window is in there because they don't know how the surgery is going to take. They don't know how the rehab is going to take all word out of the Carson Wentz surgery is that everything went swimmingly. Now, hopefully the same thing will happen for Quentin. I don't love that. We're not getting the camaraderie moments in training camp, especially with Carson being sidelined for two weeks now immediately after this. So I don't think he's getting to know his teammates as well. The timing with the receivers, and everything like that that I think is very vital. But when you're talking about Carson, if he's going to get back to 2017, Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, who's going to go down, is maybe the greatest guard to ever play football, and Darius Leonard, who's trying to do the same damn thing. I think we're going to be okay when the season starts here in about 36 days, but right now it looks terrible in Indianapolis. <laughs> I, gave, I gave this a little stat before I went to a break here quickly, Pat. And, and Quentin Nelson, can we put this up here, guys? We need my sound up, up, up. Uh, and that is that Quentin Nelson Whoa. is one of five players, Pat, to be named a first-team All-Pro in each of his first three seasons ever. Five players, first-team All-Pro, each of his first three seasons. You know who the others are? You ready for this? Yep. Earl Campbell, Lawrence Taylor, Keith Jackson, Barry Sanders, and Quentin Nelson. He's that good. That's the company he keeps. So he's literally that good. So here's what comes up now as a result of that, Pat. People are telling me on Get Up that they should go out and sign Nick Foles, that they should get Foles from Chicago because he knows the offense and he knows Reich and he loves Reich and he had the success and all the rest of that. What would be your reaction? What would the people who listen to the Pat McAfee show and watch you and all that kind of stuff hear you say if the news comes down today or tomorrow that the Colts have traded for Nick Foles to be their quarterback while they wait to get Carson back? Greeny. Listen, I watched Big Richard Nick Foles cut that promo the other day in the press conference that, you know, amongst other things, he said, look what happened in 2017 when Frank Reich restructured the offense around me after Carson Wentz's injury. Now there's a statue, he basically said. And then he said, hey, I'm going to keep dicing up these third teamers and third stringers here in Chicago because that's my current job. So it sounded a lot like a guy who was saying, hey, Come and get me, mm-hmm. all right? And I don't know if it was Sam Ocho, if it was the Ask Sacho segment where he said that, or if it was Orlovsky fresh off of his, what, 45-day vacation because we watch every single morning. I don't know who said that about Nick Foles. And I asked Frank that question yesterday. I said, did you see the Nick Foles thing? And I had to feather it in there, which is something you have this incredible natural ability to do. I do not. I had to ask him without asking him if he's signing Nick Foles because I think there's a tampering thing. And he said he saw the video. He's very thankful that Nick Foles holds him in high regard as a coach. That's basically all he can look out for. And I think if the Carson Wentz surgery didn't go as smooth, and Frank reiterated a few times that he views it as being on the earlier side of that five to 12 weeks. He basically alluded to it like three times in the interview. I think if there was anything that went awry with 
that Carson went surgery, we might have that conversation with Nick Foles. But I think Frank and the team are expecting Carson to be back early in the season. Jacob Eason will be able to take the reps. Who knows how he's going to do? We also got Sam Ellinger, and they just brought in Brett Hundley, who I know doesn't have the greatest tape on earth whenever he gets into games. But I think we have a lot of trust in Frank over here. And if that injury was a little bit longer or expectations were for it to be nearer 12 weeks as opposed to five, I think the Nick Foles stories would hold a little bit of weight, but right now I just don't think that's the case. Fair enough. This is Pat McAfee with me from the Pat McAfee Show on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. Um, two other things I want to ask you about while I have a minute with you here. One of them is something that I think you'd feel very comfortable in with your foray now into wrestling, where you have become something of a superstar in that milieu. Did you see ah. the, the battle royale that broke out at the Giants camp yesterday? It, it was interesting to me because the coach, Joe Judge, lost his mind. There was a big brawl. The quarterback wound up at the bottom of a pile, so obviously no one wants to see that. But I'm old enough to remember a time, Pat, when the coaches loved it when the players would fight at practice. There was something about that that I think there were coaches who tried to instigate that kind of thing. Generally speaking, when you see a big fight in practice these days, do you think to yourself that's a good sign or a bad sign for the team? See, I've only been out of the NFL, I think, four years now at this point, and I think towards the end of my career versus the beginning of my career, I played eight years. It was a lot different culture. You know, it was a lot different world. And I'm not talking about the things that were being said to people. I think I've always been in a very respectful locker room, but I'm just talking about the, you know, the invitations to nutritionists to be added into every single building where instead of having, you know, beer and pizza and wings the night before a game, like I did with some of my teammates in that first regime, the winningest decade in the history of the NFL at the point, then a year later, a nutritionist comes and we're drinking these kale smoothies the night before the game. And it's absolutely miserable, but it's better. I'm just, a lot has changed over the time, the short period of time here in the NFL and probably for the better, if I had to guess. And I've always been somebody that whenever I saw a fight happen, uh, I was always intrigued by who did it, how it came to be, and also what happens immediately afterwards, which is normally, it, just like in real life back in the day, when you fight somebody, it normally brings you closer to them. You settle your disagreement, you move along, but we're in a much different time now. MCDC actually just talked about two guys that fought up in the Detroit Lions uh, camp, MCDC Motor City, Dan Campbell. He just talked about how he likes seeing the intensity and the energy. And there's an old saying that training camp hasn't really even started until there was a fight. But now it's a much different time. I think a lot of coaches don't want the wasted risk or energy from the players. I think science has shown that throwing a fist at a helmet is not necessarily the best thing, especially when your franchise quarterback's at the bottom. So, I think it's just a much different time than it was just a few years ago. And I think it's all because we know a lot more now than we did in the past. And that's just not necessarily something that's great. I think the biggest takeaway from the Joe Judge situation yesterday, mm-hmm. Greeny, for me is. And, um, Greeny, I think you've been around me a little bit. And you're the only reason I really got on ESPN. So I appreciate you uh, immensely. I think you know that I'm a pretty observant human being. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that I think that people could say I am. And when I was in the NFL, I was very lucky. I got to observe a lot and watch a lot and be in a lot of rooms. The biggest and most important thing I think that happened, if you're a Giants fan yesterday and that whole thing, is not one player on that team told Joe Judge no whenever he said, we're going to run laps, we're going to run 100-yard sprints, then we're going to do push-ups afterwards. All you need is one vet, one person that's notable in that locker room to look at Joe Judge and tell him to go fornicate himself, and not one person did that. So I think that means that that team is very tight. 
the fighting is something that's potentially going to happen in a violent sport, especially in training camp when it's 100 degrees and people are running into each other. I think I learned a lot more about how close that team was yesterday as opposed to how far apart they are. That's what I expected you to say, an outstanding. Pat McAfee, one more thing quick. What's going to happen with your boy Aaron Rodgers? How is that going to go in Green Bay? Well... I'm not 100% sure. It's great to see him back. The golf cart's fantastic. Bakhtiari said that I was a part of the bullying process of him being forced to get that Aston Martin golf cart for Aaron Rodgers via the shows last year. Uh, He looks happy. I assume Matt LaFleur is overjoyed that he is back. Mm -hmm. I think we just got to see how the year goes. I mean, if if there's a chance for him to leave at the end of this year, there's definitely a chance for him to stay at the end of this year as well. Uh, I'm pumped for it. I'm going to follow along, but I'm very happy that the greatest passer of the ball in the history of the game is back playing for a team he has a lot of uh, commonality with, especially with old Randall Cobb coming back there. I have no idea how it works out, but I'm excited about it. And hopefully Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays happens again. There, there is no one in the media anywhere, locally, nationally, or otherwise, who has a better relationship and got more out of Aaron Rodgers in the last year that I'm aware of than this man has. Pat, you know it's always a pleasure. I, I can't picture you drinking a kale smoothie under any circumstances, but I hope that we will see each other in person sometime soon. Yeah, I mean, people wonder why my numbers dropped off there for about four to five games. I was trying to get used to the terrible food they were trying to force me to eat the night before the games. I adapted. I adjusted. I got better. I got older. I appreciate you so much, Greeny. You're the absolute best. Say hi to everybody, all right? Take care. That's Pat McAfee, um, who, again, he he came here. I'll give you a quick McAfee story. So when he first – I remember having the conversation because we had seen him. And we were, you know, we were really building get up into whatever it is, you know, we envisioned it with me and a, a, a coordinating producer, a guy named Pete McConville. And I said, how about we bring Pat McAfee here? And there was a lot of consternation, you know, because he's he's a he's a, he's a, a loose cannon sometimes, which is a good thing. You need to have that. I'm not a loose cannon. What's the opposite of a loose cannon? What's, what's, what's the opposite of loose? Tight? I'm tight? a tight cannon. Or tight something else, not yeah, a cannon. I'm not even a cannon. I'm like a tight little cap gun. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to keep everything right here. If there's a line you can't cross, I'm going to keep it on this side of the line. I said, let's give this a shot. And, of course, he's magnificent. So, And he's also just a great guy. So that was good. And to circle it back to what I really wanted to talk about, it sounds like Wentz is going to come back sooner than later, which means they won't make a move, which I'm only disappointed about because as, as an observer of, of drama, could you imagine if they brought Foles there? I mean, and again, Hembo, for those of you who aren't regular with us, Hembo's a Philadelphia guy. You're an Eagle fan. No one lived this more than you did. You know that history there better than anybody. There could be nothing more fascinating that could happen than if Wentz missed a few games at the beginning, Foles came in, played well, and they were winning. And then the decision had to be made, now who's going to play quarterback going forward? That, that would be the most interesting thing that could have happened in the early NFL season. And that's what likely would have happened. That's what happened before. And what Philadelphia became was a city with two factions. There was Team Wentz, and then there was Team Foles. I was on Team Foles. And that's just how it went. So every call into sports radio, you had to essentially decide. You know, what, like, It was almost like a, a political party. It became that strong. <laughs> and I don't know exactly the, the ins and outs of their relationship. The sense I got that was that, that sort of rivalry was much more between the fan base than it was between them. But I think it also went a long way in deteriorating Carson Wentz's relationship with the city, and that affected his play. And I think it got in his head. And it's not about Nick doing anything wrong. It's not about Wentz disliking Foles, but what Foles came to represent. It's the same reason... 
that you didn't want to bring differently, of course, but a similar reason that teams were hesitant to bring Tim Tebow some places a mm. backup quarterback because there's nothing a starting quarterback needs less, especially one whose psyche might be a little fragile, whose confidence might be a little fragile, than, than the crowd chanting for the backup. It, it, some guys, it doesn't bother them. Some, I feel like if they were chanting for Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers would laugh. But I feel like if they, when they were chanting for Nick Foles, I think it got to Wentz at the, some point. There is a chasm between Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz. Correct. The Jalen Hurts draft pick affected him immensely. Right. So we have a lot of data that says don't sign Nick Foles if you're the Colts. That, that's why I think this would have been so interesting if it had gone that way. Greeny with you. You know, some things have been low on our to-do list. Life insurance can no longer be one of those. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. I'm ready to go right now. Green light light with Greeny. All right, let me get myself a quick green light here, do a little baseball, and then we'll carry it over because there's a lot to get to, and I don't have all the time I'd like to do it here. Dodgers, Astros last night. The booing was loud. Astros wound up winning the game 3 nothing. If you didn't pay attention to this, this was the first time the Astros went to L.A., the team they cheated in the World Series in 2017. Um, the first time they've been to Dodger Stadium since those revelations were made public and that there were fans in the stands. So they booed Altuve like crazy. They booed Correa like crazy. They wound up winning the game 3 nothing. Houston did, in what could easily be a preview of the World Series. But I did find myself thinking about it as I was doing the highlight on TV this morning and like the legacy of Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve are in stone, right? Like I, and I put that in the form of a question to you, Hembo. These are two great players. I mean, these are two guys who have won a championship. Altuve's won an MVP. They could easily wind up winning more championships. And they could wind up being like among the best players of their era mm-hmm. and, and historically excellent players. Are they forever besmirched by this scandal? The one thing, yes, except for the possibility that they do win again. The only way that they're vindicated, the only way that history will, will remember them fondly at all, that they can move past this at all, is if they win another championship, and they do it the right way. If the, if the Astros win the World Series this year, that has to be part of the story. That's the end of the story. But if they don't ever, if this collection of players on this team doesn't win another championship, yeah, Jose Altuve is Joe Jackson, and Alex Bregman is Chip Gandol, and, and, and Carlos Correa is Eddie Sicotti. That's, that's how it will be. History I, is unfair, and it doesn't do context well, but if they don't win another championship and do it the right way, that's just going to be the reality. But is it unfair? That doesn't feel unfair to me. They cheated. They blatantly cheated mm-hmm. to win the World series that's not unfair no, no but they're the best players so they had to wear it that's the difference so and, and they were I mean it's unfair that just those two guys get singled out correct just like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens have to you know wear the scarlet letter for the steroid guys just because they were the best guys to, uh, Correa Altuve also hit a home run and didn't allow them to take his shirt off and later said it was because <laughs> of a bad tattoo I mean let's face it have mm-hmm. a better cover story than that yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. if you're gonna lie to me at least make it interesting put some thought into it no doubt that wasn't even that series but yes I totally get what you're saying the, the, that was against the Yankees right right that, yeah. that was the oldest Chapman home run it might not be fair but who's to say that's the, that's part of the rules here? I I genuinely believe that Jose Altuve someday will go into the Hall of Fame. Who knows when? Will he? He will. This will not this will not keep him out of the Hall of Fame. But when he goes, so wait in, a minute, wait a minute, wait mm-hmm. a minute. So steroids keep you out of the Hall of Fame because they're cheating. Mm-hmm. Cheating doesn't keep you out of the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, I I think in Altuve's case, 
he will be a good enough player and at that point a respected enough figure that he will eventually go in and I think the writers will eventually forgive him for it. There will be a lot of people that see it differently than I do. I would vote for him, but I certainly wouldn't vote for him the first time on the ballot. That's how I would punish him. Who knows how— Would you vote for Barry Bonds? I would vote for Barry Bonds. Would you vote for Roger Clemens? I would vote for Roger Clemens. Would you vote for A-Rod? Yes. Would you vote for Sammy Sosa? No. Because you think Sosa was purely a product of the Jews. That's correct. And I don't believe that Jose Altuve was purely a product of that. He won the MVP during that season. So this is like how that season is going to be remembered, and it should be. But someday down the line, I think Jose Altuve will find his way into the Hall of Fame. But in order for this group to be, to, uh, be vindicated, they have to win another championship. All right. There's a bunch more baseball I want to get to. I'll, I'll hold it on that thought for just a brief moment here. But coming up next, there are two things that are going to happen probably this year one of them may be this week that should be the lead of every talk show. So the question is, why don't you even know they are going on? I'll tell you what they are right after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise, 5G capable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny inviting you to download the Overheard podcast for curiously delightful conversations overheard around National Geographic's headquarters presented by the City Advantage Platinum Select Card the card built for your next adventure. All right, Hembo, I know you know the answer to this because you're the one who gave me the names this morning, but did you know there are only four right-handed hitters in the entire history of Major League Baseball that have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs? Four right-handed hitters 
3,000 hits and 500 home runs. When you told me that number and I tried to guess them, I would have gotten two, three of the four immediately, and I would have said Cal Ripken, and that's where I would have been wrong. The four are... Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Alex Rodriguez, and Albert Pujols. So I, I would have gotten Aaron and Mays immediately. Once I thought about it a little, I would have gotten Alex. <laughs> I would never have gotten Pujols. I don't know why, but it just his name would never have come to my head. I hmm. actually guessed Cal Ripken, and he's what? How short is he on the home runs? 431. All right, so he's way short on the home runs. Well, anyway, the point of it is, to be a right-handed hitter and to have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs puts you in the elitist of the elite company. Did you even know that Miguel Cabrera is on the verge of joining them? That's what I meant when I, I'm looking over at Brandon right now. I'm a stage manager. We've been together three years. Loves, lives and dies sports and actually stage manages a sports talk show every single day. No one is immersed in sports more than he is. Did you even know that Miguel Cabrera, as we speak right now, has 498 hit home runs and 2,944 hits? There was a time when that would have led every talk show. He's about to get to 500 home runs. And then when he gets to 3,000 hits, we'd be putting him, we'd be sitting here and, and debating his place in the history of the game. Why does this not even a blip? Why does Brandon not even know it? Why, frankly, did you, Hembo, have to tell me this morning this is something we should be doing on the talk show? Why? Well, your guess, actually, in getting three of those four guys and forgetting Pujols, I think is an illustration of that very point. Because Albert Pujols is just five or seven years ahead of Miguel Cabrera. But what has happened is, in the cases of each of these two players, in a post-steroid era, they've had a sort of normal career arc. They peaked in their late 20s. They were utterly brilliant at that point. And then their 30s saw a lot of decline. They're not in the news every single day. And they slowly but surely reach those thresholds. It's very curious to me, though, that those two guys, two of the 10 greatest right-handed hitters of all time, are ending their careers so incredibly anonymously. It actually sort of makes me sad because both in their own rights are first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, and Cabrera, I mean, he won the Triple Crown, right? And, and, he did. And so he's, you know, he's that guy. And here we are. No one is talking about this. Like, literally no one. So I thought we would because I think this is a place that we can do that sort of thing. Make sure you're aware of this. And there's no real reason to go back in time. But I remember mm-hmm. when some of the older compilers got to those marks, we still made a very big deal of it, right? When Mike Schmidt hit his 500th home run, when Reggie Jackson hit his 500th home run, they were, I'm sure they were old. I don't even remember how old they were when mm-hmm. this happened. When, and yet we made a very big deal of it. Do you think that the steroid era, the yes. defiling of the record book is the thing here? I don't even think that that's not even, you don't have to put that in the form of a question. Mm. It is the fact that these numbers have ceased to have the meaning that they once did. 500 home runs just doesn't mean what it used to. Because I know for me, when I sit and I look at these lists of the most prolific home run hitters of all time, you go through the the list and you look, that one I count, that one I count, that one I don't, that one I don't, that one I count, that one I don't. Hmm. That's no fun. <laughs> There's no fun in that. that, that that's, that's really the, the tragedy of this. When, when, when it is now time, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Also, it equals history. Like, the time has come now for the history of the steroid era to be written in baseball. There's been enough time that has passed. There are basically no players left. The time has come now to write the history. And the greatest loss, the greatest tragedy, if you will, is what we as lovers of the game lost in the mystery 
and the allure and the gorgeousness and the grandeur of those statistics. That will be the greatest loss. Not necessarily to Roger Clemens or to Barry Bonds or to people who have had tangible losses, but they did something to contribute to that, and the rest of us didn't. The grandeur of the numbers is the great casualty of the steroid era. Country versus country, you versus the home printer, no matter the competition, you need natural fuel. Almonds are exactly that fuel for the best you. Almonds are natural, energy-packed, stay-on-task, feel-good fuel to power you through. California almonds own your every day, every day. There are so many things I didn't get to there that I meant to, which is good news because it means I have plenty to talk about in our second hour. So stay with us on ESPN Radio. Coming up today on the Max Kellerman Show, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert as our countdown to the NFL season continues. Justin Herbert. Today at 210 Eastern with Max Kellerman on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.